Hello, Bookstore viewers and listeners. I have to tell you listeners that you're going to be kind of sorry if you only <laughs> listen to the podcast of this show because you're not going to see our very extra special canine guest <laughs> who is with us today, tonight and who is the subject of this fantastic book, Whitey Comes Home for Christmas. And I have with me the author of the book and Whitey's mom. So let me introduce Nancy Lassard Downing, who wrote the book and also illustrated it, and Danielle Raposa, who is Whitey's mom. <laughs> and this is an amazing, true story that happened almost a year ago today. And uh, Danielle is the dog walker for my dog, Ellie. And at one point last year, Danielle came over and she was, looked very sad, not her usual self. And the reason was, and Danielle, I'll let you take it from here. The reason was uh, Mr. Whitey <laughs> here um, had disappeared into Harold Parker State Forest, which is in Andover, uh, Massachusetts. And he had been missing at that time for probably 48 hours when I got to your house. So it had been about um, two days and two nights that we had lost him in the woods. So. And Whitey um, has two leashes and a harness on him. And uh, tell us about Whitey's breed. Yes. Um, so Whitey is a Great Pyrenees mix. Um, so Great Pyrenees are actually um, a dog that is bred to protect and herd livestock. Um, so we would always have to keep him on the leash at the park because if he was let off, he would just go and search for livestock or <laughs> he'd want to, you know, um, actually kind of hurt, not herd, but um, kind of follow the trails of the park and kind of just stay at, at the perimeter um, at the outmost part just to protect it and protect us. So, um, yeah, we, at that particular time, he had a harness on and he had two leashes on. So um, just to be safe. You know, we always kept a few leashes <laughs> on him. Um, and what happened was um, my husband had actually dropped his leash for just a second to help me with my snowshoe. There was a lot of snow on the ground this day. And it only happened for two seconds. And right when he dropped the leash, a deer just happened to run by and catch Whitey's attention. And that was the end of that. So, <laughs> Do you think he would have done it for a squirrel, too? Would it have been anything? Or a deer is... You can see how, I mean, when my dog sees a deer, she goes out of her mind. It's yeah. just like, whoa. Yeah, um, probably. <laughs> okay, so even a squirrel or yeah. a chipmunk Now that I been. know him a lot better, better than I knew him then, um, yes, I think he would still chase something small. Um, but the deer being as fast as it was, he took off, and um, we didn't see him again for two days. So but that's you where the story starts. you weren't initially worried because... Right. Yeah, and uh, um, I'm a dog trainer also. I teach at the MSPCA in Methuen, and we worked really hard on recalls with him. He's really good at his recalls, coming back when, he, when you call him. Um, so we just continued on our hike with the other dogs. I think Ellie was with us um, at the time. And I just said, oh, he'll come back. He'll find us as soon as he's done chasing, whatever it is. Um, so we did, we were actually in the, the, uh, the part of the park we were in is actually the campground. So it just goes in a big circle. Uh -huh. So I figured, well, we'll just do the circle, and eventually he's, he knows where we are. He'll find us. Um, but when we did the whole circle, and he still didn't come back in about an hour, then we started to 
to panic a little bit. So. But you had like how many dogs were with you? Um, I think it was about four other dogs. Okay, so yeah. you had to deal with them, yeah. get them home, yeah. and then... We kept them there for a long time, but then I didn't want to leave them in the car for too long. Um, but I knew as soon as we did the whole circle and made it back to the car the whole time calling him and he didn't return, then we, I started to worry a little bit. What was in your head that might have happened? Um, I figured he did chase something uh, that just took him pretty far out, but I was also concerned there was uh, just a fresh uh, layer of snow that had come down and there's a lot of ponds at Harold Parker, um, so I was afraid that he had run over the ice uh -huh. and fallen through. Oh, uh, so that's you know what I started to. So if about. he had done that, maybe he would have had to be paddling, 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 yeah. and getting and he tired and everything. He doesn't like the water typically, oh. so I was worried about. But just knowing that he was dragging two leashes, I was worried that he got got caught. Okay. Um, but my biggest fear was that he had fallen through the ice. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm going to uh, introduce Nancy Lassard Downing, who happens to not know, this is her first time actually meeting Whitey, but she <laughs> is an author and illustrator. And Nancy, how did you get involved in Whitey's story? Um, I was just notified via email that she had an extraordinary story about, a, about her dog that had gotten lost. And everyone kept saying, it's going to make a really great kid's story. Why don't you reach out to her? So I had sent her an mm -hmm. email asking if she'd be interested. Not to so. interrupt, but this is kind of interesting. I don't, I don't usually tell the story in cl class at the MSPCA, but I just happened to tell the story about how Whitey had been lost in the woods and you know all the things that went along with that. And somebody in my class happened to be friends with Nancy <laughs> and said, oh, would you mind if I passed your story along to my friend? She writes children's books. So I thought, wow, you know, what a coincidence. Yeah. I was like, perfect, That's so cool. Perfect synchronicity. <laughs> yeah. And, and really, uh, I think Nancy really captures the story in her illustrations, which I'll be showing to you um, as we discuss what happened next with Whitey. Yeah. Danielle. So um, it's kind of a, you know, it's like the be it was the best of times, it was the worst <laughs> of times. Um, the day seemed very, it got dark really early, so it seemed, being December, it was the week before Christmas, um, it was snowing, it got really cold. Um, working with dogs, I, dogs will take off from time to time. I, I, I'm not a person that panics, because um, I'm with them all day. But come six o'clock when it was dark and snowing, then we started to say, oh, this is getting kind of bad, and it's been, what, eight hours at this point, so, um, but, what was really interesting was everybody that we happened to come across in, at the park, you know, as we're calling him all day long, was just so nice and so helpful. And what can I do to help? And you know, let me go get my neighbors. And you know, um, people took over from me doing the the flyers um, and helping me do the social media because I was out searching. It was hard for me to get online and do that stuff as well. Did you sleep that first night at all? Um, so my husband stayed at the park all night long searching in the dark. Um, I went home around 9, 10 o'clock because I had the another dog at the time, Madison, that I had to get home to. Um, and no, I was up all night. My heart was racing. I, I was having horrible panic attacks. It's like your um, childhood's lost. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just, I mean, Harold Parker State Forest seems like, when you think about a dog lost in it, mm -hmm. like normally, you know, you drive through it or you take nice hikes and everything, 
But it feels like, must have felt like it was as big as the whole United it States. It did, it really did. And we um, hike every weekend, so we had been there, you know, hundreds of times. So I was confident that Whitey knew the park really well. So I said, you know, I knew he knew his, he had his bearings with him um, and he'd know where to go. But the concern was how far did he go at that point? You know, like where are we actually starting from? Because, you know, when he took off. God only knows. How, did he go miles? Did he go? Yeah, and you know. since it was a circle, he could have radiated. Exactly. But um, not all of the park. So it's an interesting park because there are people who actually live in the park. Their mm -hmm. homes are in the park. and um, the, But then there are parts that are completely uninhabited. Yeah. So um, what happened the next day? Um, so the next day, I actually pulled up real early. I think I was there by 7. Um, and right as I was getting out of the car, a man pulled up next to me, um, and he, I said, oh, hi, good morning. And he said, oh, hi. He said, I'm searching for a dog. Um, his <laughs> name is Whitey. And I said, oh, that's my dog. <laughs> I said, oh, thank you so much. And um, he happened to be from Missing Dogs, Massachusetts. Um, oh, so they actually send somebody out? Yeah. And he, these volunteers are just amazing. Um, and he just happened to be a volunteer that lived closest to the park. So. He said, you know, I'm in this for the long haul. We do Aww. this all the time. I'm here all day. I'm, we're going to find him. Don't worry. Um, and he just went off on his own. And, you know, he gave me some tips. Um, when dogs go off missing like that, they, they do go into that fight or flight type of response. And they, they almost turn into wild, you know, wild dogs that again. That quickly, huh? Yeah. So he actually advised me not to call him, not to go through the park calling him which of course was so difficult to do because, oh, yeah. you know, and also being a great Pyrenees, they have, and especially this one, has a very, very loud bark. So I was tr trying to, you know, get him to respond to my voice and I thought once he barks, I'll be able to find him. Um, so that was tough, having to walk around and not call him. So when he said not to call the dog because of fight or flight is because it would rile them up or they would just run away? Because I know yeah. when I see their ads on Facebook, they always say, do not chase, do right. not this, do not that. Yeah. And I never knew why. They, I guess they were afraid that he would just keep going and not no. stop and respond, which I, I found interesting too. I c couldn't really figure that part of it out. Um, but yeah, he just said, don't call him, whatever you do. So of course I wait till he was out of sight. <laughs> <laughs> Whitey! <laughs> hey, Whitey, you want Don't, to? Uh oh, now uh, your secret is out on TV. Yeah, so now yeah. you're going to get all kinds of mad <laughs> emails yeah. from... Uh, okay, but, so that was about about what time was that when you bumped into, into um, that He guy? pulled up right as I did, so it was about 7 o'clock in the and morning. And where was Rob at this point? Um, Rob had been out all night. He was at the other side of the park somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Um, we just decided, you know, the best thing to do would be to split, split up, up, obviously, right. because the park is so big. Um, but right off the bat, it was just, it was amazing. Like, here I am in panic mode. I'm having a, you know, constant anxiety attack, tr but trying to hold it together and search at the same time. And just people from, you know, the community, the neighbors, um, the MSPCA, where at the time I was volunteering, I, I wasn't an employee there yet, just people I had known, you know, through work and uh, clients that I pet sat for and dog walk for just showed up in droves without me having to ask and just started searching. It was just like, 
and they said, don't worry, I got this side of the park. Oh, and take you divided side. up the park. Yeah. That was smart. Yeah, and again, when you're going through something like that, you're not in your right frame of mind to right. say, oh, well, maybe I should contact this person, or maybe I should. Um, and I have a good friend who um, is more of a homebody, but she's you know, fantastic on the computer. So I said, well, she'll be the, the right person to do the, um, you know, the Facebook posts for me and, and maybe start making up some flyers and stuff. So I did think of that part because... It takes a village to find a dog. It really does. So yeah. then who, so did you and other people run around putting the, the flyers up on like trees and poles and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, so Missing Dogs Massachusetts um, told me that the most important thing to do, even though social media is huge, you know, and that was a huge help, but um, it's really important to get flyers up as soon as you can when you have a missing dog, just because of the people in the area who are oh, going to be okay. driving by, especially through the park. Um, so yeah, so that was the, the main thing on, on day two was we get those flyers up first thing. Um, so somebody was, I don't even know who the person was who made it up. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it was Missing Dogs Massachusetts, but they made up a whole bunch and we just, everybody took some and hung them all throughout the park. Oh, that's so. great. So they were all over the park. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now the time's ticking by. You, you and Rob are still looking with a whole bunch of people. You're still trying to like keep it together and everything. Are you getting more worried because this is get just getting longer and longer? Yeah, and, and I'm I'm also concerned too because again he's such a big he has such a loud bark. He's such a you know large presence, and I'm thinking. Why isn't he barking? Why don't I hear him? You know. Were you at all scared that someone had like taken him or anything like that? Um, no. I think I think my mind was really going towards all the waterways okay. in the park, and I was just so worried that he had fallen through. Just you know, you see that on the news all the time in the winter, like a deer gets caught, or right, right. A, a dog falls through the ice. So I just kept thinking, oh God, you know, he fell through the ice, and his leash is caught on something, and you know, probably my mind was thinking the worst. Well, you so. just dropped a hint about how you how he was actually found. Yes. So, um, so the second, do we want to jump to that? Yeah. Okay. So the <laughs> second night, um, my husband um, actually ended up coming home that night because he hadn't slept in two days. And um, we planned to, you know, go to bed, get up at six, whatever time, five, six, get right back to the park. And... Um, a man who lived in the park, um, Jason Miller, actually heard him barking um, at about three o'clock in the morning. So and just followed the bark. So um, how um, how close was Whitey to like the the trail you normally hiked around? Not close at all. Really? <laughs> On the other side. So he actually would have had to run across a pond or by a pond across another street, Harold Parker um, Road, which is the main road of the park, oh. and then he was on the other side of that. So he had gone probably, I would say two and a half, three miles from wow. where we had lost him, but he was still in the park, but just a whole different area. So what happened when Mr. Miller heard so the bark? So he heard the bark, he followed the bark through the, you know, through the darkness. Um, Whitey being having the background that he does, uh, <laughs> um, he wasn't comfortable with a man coming near him um, and approaching him. So Jason, unfortunately, was not able to get near him, but he did notice that his leash had been stuck. Um, oh. His leash was stuck on a rock oh, um, and around okay. a tree. So he tried to unfree him, and Whitey wasn't 
you know. Wasn't happy with that. <laughs> wasn't, yeah, wasn't it as nice as he should have been about it. Um, so Jason went home, trekked back in the woods, decided to get some food, come back with food, um, and he still couldn't get near Whitey. So wow. Whitey is better now, but he wasn't comfortable with just an unknown man, stranger touching Okay, so leash. I'm gonna stop you right there. So Nancy, mm -hmm. as part of creating the book, you had to kind of put yourself in Whitey's head. Yep. And you <laughs> became the voice of Whitey. So um, as you did that, what was, what was Whitey thinking when he took off after the deer? So um, according to your story. Well, he, he was just be, being a dog. Like he'd smell different things and trying to, try to see where the deer, deer had gone. He was just he was just being a dog, so I was just trying to think of what a yeah. dog would do, like find the poop, smell the poop, they're like, oh, that doesn't smell <laughs> good, or the chipmunk, or something like that, so yeah. it, it was fun. It was fun trying to think like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> you, also, you also had, it. you mentioned quite a few times in the book that Whitey was thinking about his humans, and yep. where are they? Where it's are like, they? Mm, Why aren't they coming back? Yeah. Yeah. So, and you also described um, his mistrustfulness of Mr. Miller when Mr. Miller first yep. came out and then came back with the food. And then what was Mr. Miller smart enough to do, Danielle? So finally, after the second attempt, um, Mr. Miller went home and thought, okay, how can I, you know, unfree this dog without getting eaten or bit? <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was smart enough to go to his neighbor's house, who he was good friends with, and wake her up, knock on the door, wake her up, and bring her, thinking maybe he'll be more receptive to a female, and it worked, thank God. <laughs> so when um, the neighbor came out, how, how did Whitey act when she approached him? I guess he, she, he was fine. He was like, you can you know, untangle my leash, and, and, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm not gonna bite you, and I'm okay. You know? and so that was, that was the trick. And then uh, what, did, what did the neighbors do? So did they call you right away? Or yes. Whitey must have been very cold at that point, even though he has fur. Yeah, so they brought him actually back to Linda's house, knowing that he was comfortable with her. Um, she had an older dog, I think it was a beagle mix at the time, um, which Whitey lived with at home. So he was happy to meet her dog and just went right in the house and they gave him a nice warm meal. and. And that was it. He was like, oh, I'm good. I'm comfortable here. And they <laughs> did call me, but I didn't hear the phone. Uh, I didn't hear the message till about 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. Oh, okay. So, so what, at what time did they find him about? Um, I believe it was by the time they got him back to the house, it was about 4 a.m. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what was it like when, your when you heard your phone? Oh, so I woke up <laughs> and I checked my phone before I started to get ready. And I heard the, the message on my phone. I said, we do have your dog. He's safe. He's here in our house. Um, we're going to wait. Um, Jason stayed because he wanted to stay with him, which was really nice. Aww. And she said, we're just going to be up drinking hot chocolate and watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Whitey's getting along with my dog. And just, um, you know, contact us when you wake up. And he's here. We'll give you the address. So um, my husband was getting up um, at that right after I heard the message and he was about to jump in the shower go in, go in the bathroom and I said they found him they found him he's like, oh geez. thank god it's like oh good so um we just you know we got ready quick hopped in the car and went to went to meet him and when you knocked at the door what was Whitey's response so when we pulled up in the driveway um the glass door was closed and they had the main door open so Whitey and um 
uh, Linda's dog, we're standing there next to each other, wagging their tails, just looking <laughs> out like, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. He, he was happy to see us, um, but he just looked like warm and comfortable, like he hadn't been anywhere else for two it days. It was just an adventure is all. Yeah, <laughs> so, but it wasn't like you would expect, um, like in a, in a Lassie movie or, he didn't, when we opened the door, he didn't jump in our arms and give us a big kiss. He <laughs> ran right by <laughs> and jumped in the car. It was just his due, right? Yeah. Of course. Okay, you guys showed up. Where were you guys? Yeah. But it was like, okay. Yeah. I think dogs just forget. There's some things they remember, but a lot right. of stuff yeah. just... Nancy, I thought you did such a great job of getting into... Whitey's head. Oh, and it was fun. Danielle, you must agree because you kind of had to sign off on mm, what on yeah. what Danielle was putting together. Yeah, I thought it was great. She and, did a great job. And so then, what happened with uh, the neighbors in the park afterwards? So how did you spread the word? Did Missing Dogs Massachusetts spread the word online that Whitey had been found? Um, yes, they they updated Hi. saying that he had been found. Um, as we left the park after we picked him up, we drove by all the telephone poles and trees that we had hung the signs on and t took them all down on our way out. Um, but we did miss one. So that was, a, that was a really cool part of the story. Um, I don't really want to give it away, but we did <laughs> miss one sign. Um, but somebody that we had met through this you know, adventure for two days went out and took the last sign down for us. So. And took a picture saying found Yay. on it and <laughs> sent it, so yeah. And so then have you stayed in touch with yes. the people? So what yep. happened next? Um, so we're Facebook friends now. Um, and these little, her children, and she lives in the park, they actually helped um, hang up the signs also. So they spread the, the word all over town. Um, yeah, it was just amazing. So the day, so the, the day Whitey came home, I believe, was Christmas Eve, Eve, two days before Christmas. Um, and later on that day, I got a message from uh, Linda and Jason saying that, you know, we actually do this Christmas carol in our neighborhood on Christmas Eve, um, and we'd like to invite you guys um, and bring Whitey. The guest of honor. The guest of honor, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, almost like a Hallmark movie. Um, they get together. They, and, and again, this was during COVID too, so everybody was outside. Um, they sang Christmas carols, they had Santa come, they did hot chocolate. Um, so I actually didn't get to go because I had to work that night, um, but it was so nice of them to invite us to join the celebration. And, um, and Rob did go and bring Whitey, and everybody was like, yay, <laughs> <laughs> he's here, he's fun. Oh, this, and some people that didn't know, you know, said, oh, you know, I saw his flyers up. I'm so glad you found him. And everybody was so happy to see him in person finally. So Such a happy story. So um, viewers and listeners, <laughs> even though you're not getting to see Whitey roaming around, um, <laughs> I hope you'll go on Amazon and look for this wonderful book because um, it's a great holiday book. It's a great dog story. It's a great neighbor story. When you mm. think of, um, you know, what... What would have happened if, if he was Jason didn't follow the bark? You know, mm. if he just rolled over and went to sleep and said, "Oh, that right. dog! Why doesn't that dog start barking?" Yeah. So in in and then the missing dogs, Massachusetts, and then Nancy, you're being able to put together such beautiful illustrations and the getting in. <laughs> Getting in his head. <laughs> right. Oh, a deer, a deer. I have to follow a deer. Um, so all of that makes for such a good heartwarming story. And, you know, we have 
the star right here who's mm -hmm. kind of oblivious to the whole thing. <laughs> right. Um, but he exactly. is he is very he's a very good dog and you still go on the trails, right? We still go on the trails, yeah, um, with three leashes. No. <laughs> <laughs> and two harnesses. <laughs> he still uses two leashes and a harness. Um, his recalls, we've worked on them. They've gotten much better. Um, but again, we don't let him off leash because we, we know that being the breed that he is, he'll take off. He'll come back, but he'll take, you know, he will take off. Um, and just knowing what can happen. Well, know. it's a good thing so. he has a loud bark, too. Imagine yes. if he was one of those dogs that just whimpers or something. I know it. He does have a loud bark. So, so all the fates conspired to make a very happy ending for Whitey, for Danielle, <laughs> and for Nancy to have created such a beautiful book. And uh, Nancy, would you like to hold up some of your other books? Here's sure. an interesting story about Nancy. Nancy um, went to school for art, kind of put it aside, did other Ooh. things. And during COVID, Nancy got bored, and Nancy actually produced 13 books in the course of two a year. A year. Wow. And <laughs> they look, the books look really great. There's some interesting stories, um, illustrations that Nancy had done when she was in high school that she was able to pull into these books. Um, so please check out her works. They're under uh, Nancy Lassard Downing on Amazon, and especially look for. Whitey comes home for Christmas. <laughs> so thank you both for joining me thank on Book Thank you so much I had a great time. Yeah. And Whitey, so well behaved. <laughs> I kind of thought he'd jump up on you, Danielle, and show us how tall he is. <laughs> I guess he's not, he's not really interested in doing that today. No. But he has a great TV presence. And I know you'll be getting calls to... Uh, for him to have his own show sometime. Yes. <laughs> so books to viewers and listeners, thanks again for joining us for this wonderful Whitey story and have a good night. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. <laughs>